0: There's a chopper. Come on, line, And Bobby Jenks has tied a major league record, retiring 41 consecutive
1: hitters from a reliever's role, not a starter. Unbelievable. Brian Noonan, seven twenty, WGN. White Sox fans, you remember number 45. You remember that call, Bobby Jenks closer for the White Sox, helped the White Sox win the World Series in 2005. Then in uh, 2011, he gets traded to the Red Sox. He has a new story in the Players' Tribune called Scar Tissue. You need to read it. If you've wondered, hey, what, whatever happened to Bobby Jenks, read this story because it will tell you. But he'll tell us himself. Bobby Jenks joins us now on WGN. Bobby, thanks for, thanks for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, before we get started, I just want to say I am a fan and Thanks for helping the Sox win the World Series in two
0: thousand five. Oh, thanks, Brian. I really appreciate that. And, uh, trust me, that was all my pleasure, just as much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, now scar tissue. the The story, as I read it, it was it was infuriating. It was sad. It was terrifying, and in the end, uplifting. Why did you decide this was the time to tell this story?
0: Well, you know, I uh, I wanted to get. Not only uh, people's attention, but uh, I thought it was more important to shed light on what happened to me to cause light to be shined on the situation of the concurrent surgeries. And I figured the best way to do that was just tell everybody from the beginning uh, what happened to me. And, uh, you know, honestly, that was, you know, a lot of stuff in there that, you know, for a long time that, uh, uh, I I was trying to hide and and really just bury as much as possible, but I thought the more important thing to do was if I'm going to help others, I needed to help myself first, and in order to do that, people need to know where I'm coming from so they have a a better place to relate to.
1: Well, I will say you didn't gloss over, or it doesn't seem like you glossed over a lot of the more – embarrassing to use your words details of this story let's go back then let's say how how this all started you go you get traded to boston and in 2011 the season starts out okay you're doing pretty good and then all of a sudden you're pitching against the yankees and what happened
0: yeah so uh you know that year in 2011 um everything was on track i mean i was healthy I had a great spring training um yeah i think i only pitched maybe 17 games that year because it started off early, um, I, I tore my bicep, um, so I went on the DL. Came back, tried to make a uh, you know a couple of rehab starts down in the minor leagues. Um, something wasn't right. I couldn't get loose. Um, you know, I, I go get X-rays done on. They find a pulmonary embolism in my lung. Oh jeez. And when they uh, found the embolism, they, uh, that's when we noticed what was going on with actual spine. So, well,
1: because explain, the, the you were you were having trouble. You felt you were pitching, and you felt something, and you described it in a way I haven't heard anything described. You know, most people will say a stabbing pain like a knife, but you described it as a pain like somebody was using a spoon to go in your back.
0: Yeah, because it, it wasn't very sharp. Um, that's why, I, you know, I used a spoon. Like, you can't you know... It's a good, like, illustration is, like, visually. Yeah. Um, you know, knives are sharp. It's a sharp pain. Uh, but a spoon, it was, it's very, it was very dull and throbbing, but it felt like it was really deep. I can tell it wasn't, uh, you know, muscular. Um, that's why I say it was, like, very dull and, like, spoon-like because of, you know, the round edges. It just felt like something in there was just, uh, I just knew something wasn't right because yeah. it was a very indescribable uh, experience
1: but the pain keeps going on and anybody who's dealt with pain when doctors can't figure it out it's it's a very helpless feeling right
0: uh yeah very much so cuz i mean in the beginning of that year when this started um you know uh we couldn't we couldn't really figure out where it was cuz i was where i was having the pain a lot of it was coming from like in my left scapula like underneath my shoulder blade and it was shooting around underneath my armpit so we were thinking something you know in the beginning something very you know, maybe muscular or or connected to my ribs or some sort of uh, nerve damage in there. Um, It wasn't until later with these x-rays on my lungs um, that, you know, we we figured out that it was a a spinal issue that was causing all the problems.
1: So they they finally figured out that has to, in some way, that has to be a relief because at least now you know what's going on. But when they give you this diagnosis, Uh, how does it, I mean, in your mind, you have to be thinking... How is this going to affect my career? What, what did they tell you at that point once they figured out what the problem was?
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. That was my first question, especially when it comes to an injury you know, involving the spine or anywhere in the back, that um, am I going to be able to play again? Yeah. And you know, after a bunch of doctor visits, uh, I was reassured that this was going to be a simple, um, quick surgery that I was going to have in the middle of the season, and I was going to be ready for spring training. Uh, the next season wasn't going to be a problem. I was going to be good to go. Okay. And you know, that's why I put a lot of my trust into that that idea where, you know, the 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 surgery was going to be simple.
1: Well, yeah, and when the, when the doctors are all telling you that you have no reason not to believe it. You know, we all I think we all suffer from that where we think doctors shouldn't should know what they're talking about. So if they tell you it's going to be an easy surgery, okay, let's do it.
0: Especially coming from where I was where I was seeing the doctor in what Hospitals and I was at Mass General, one of the top hospitals in the country with the Head surgeon of back and spine at the time, who's running that place. You know, you you was assumed assume that you were in pretty good hands.
1: Yeah, that that's and that's the problem. We you know we put our trust sometimes in people who really don't deserve it. So you have the surgery when you come uh, out when you come out of the surgery. Do they reassure you? What's what's the mood when you're when you're done?
0: Oh yeah, I woke up out of the anesthesia, and you know there was you know no problems. Everything went fine. Um you know, I believe the next day our team doctor with the Red Sox came in and uh, you know reassured that uh, the doctor said everything was good. There was no complications. Everything was fine, uh, and it was a smooth surgery. That was all the information that I was given.
1: All right. So now, now you have this surgery. Everything's supposed to be fine. You start rehabbing. You go back home to Arizona, and before we take the break, this was this part. Kind of scared me the most, and I think anybody who's had surgery or a back problem is going to be as horrified as you obviously were. Tell us what happened when you were sitting on the couch. Your kids are outside at the pool. How did you realize that something was really wrong?
0: Oh man, um, it was. Uh, I, I, I when I when I told this story the very first time, you know, I tried to make it very playful, like the kids. You know, but I'll just say. It, as is I mean it was yeah. I thought it was some, one of my little ones joking around with dad because you know I, at the time my, my two youngest were you know both very young you know maybe four or five yeah. at the time and and you know I thought they were playing around because they didn't fully understand you know dad was on the couch for a reason he's rehabbing or you know resting his back so he had surgery and I thought one of them had dumped an entire bottle of water on my back okay. my shirt was soaked from about oh. halfway down to the bottom of my shirt. And you can't get that kind of soaked unless it's, you know, something. Yeah,
1: a lot. There's a, a lot, lot of fluid, fluid coming out, yeah, one way or another.
0: You know, and then, uh, you know, come to find out, you know, I had my ex uh, come look at it, and the bottom of my incision had blown open about a quarter of an inch from the bottom, Ugh. and it was just oozing out spinal fluid. Well, I didn't know it was spinal fluid at the time, but, it you know, after seeing another uh, physician down the road, uh, kind of, it was spinal fluid that I was leaking.
1: Jeez, that's that's horrifying. Um, all right, let's. We got to take a quick break, Bobby. But when we come back, I want to talk about. So now, now this has happened. The the initial surgery, obviously, something went horribly wrong. Uh, we 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 have to touch on what happened when you went when you tried to go back and you went to Florida and things things had taken a bad turn. And then we got to talk a little bit about this concurrent surgery thing, which until I read your story. I had not heard anything about. And it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Scar tissue is Bobby Jenks' story in the Players' Tribune. Go to Players com to read it. We've got links to it here. Bobby Jenks is my guest. Uh, Bobby, hang on one second, and we'll be right back with you. Right here, 720 WGN. All right, Bobby Jenks, former closer for the Chicago White Sox, is uh, my guest. His story, scar tissue, is available now on the Players' Tribune. All right. So let's. We're gonna have to jump ahead because I've only got you for a few minutes, Bobby. But when when we were last talking, all this fluid's coming out. So you go see some doctors in Arizona to to make it an understatement of the nth degree. They find out that your surgeon in Boston screwed the pooch. They they really messed up. So
0: now you have yeah, to yeah. So one, one yeah. Go ahead. No, so yeah. So you know, when I uh, went and got found out that it was spinal lu- spinal fluid leaking, um, I was sent to the emergency room right away. Uh, by the time I got there, they had you know people waiting for me outside to take me in uh, because of the severity of the situation. And uh, so basically, I wake up at it have an emergency surgery and wake up out of anesthesia. And you know, the way I see it, the doctor who saved my life, Doctor Christopher Young he first words out of his mouth. He said, son, you're lucky to be alive. Jeez. You know, and I, I kind of like, you know, I was stunned. I was taken back, like, you know, the severity of it. what it hadn't really, you know, not only done, I mean, that deeply, but I didn't realize how close I was to actually uh, not being here anymore. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's unbelievable. So they, they tell you you have to have this surgery, that they, they think they can fix everything, but you have to have this surgery. And at this point, this doctor is straight up with you, this surgery will end your baseball career, right?
0: Um, not, not so I mean, not so much in those words, but okay. he didn't give me uh, very good odds. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <see> what, what, <laughs> uh, so after the second surgery, um, he fixed um, not only what the first doctor should have done and cleaned up his, his mess, he uh, also completed the surgery that he was supposed to do in the first place. Okay. And on top of that, I had gotten an infection in my spine, um, and who's who knows if this is from the wound being open or it was just from the shit work being done in the first place? Uh, we'll never know. But I got an infection caused from it, and this infection had almost reached the top of my spine to my brain brainstem, uh, which would have put you know put me yeah. lights out. So I'd been so the deterioration caused by the two surgeries and then the infection on top of it. Uh, he didn't like my odds going back, but I was still in the mindset of i'm gonna make this work you know i can come back from this
1: yeah and all these surgeries and all these injuries uh taking a toll not only on you physically but mentally and then with all this pain um you got addicted to painkillers and things
0: i did things got bad for a while uh yeah for for quite a bit um you know i went back into spring training that year uh in 2012 and uh You know, earlier, a few months earlier, I went and, you know, checked into a detox place thinking, you know, I I was good. You know, I got it all out of my system. I was going to show up to spring training and I was going to be good. But, uh, you know, addiction doesn't work that way. And it wasn't uh, but two weeks in and maybe even less that, uh, you know, I phoned up uh, and and was able to get my hands on more, uh, you know, Percocets and other pain pills. And, you know, I was right back into the same system again of, uh, you know, in my addiction.
1: And then you you your ex had an intervention for you. You go into rehab and happy to say, over seven years sober. Correct.
0: Yes, correct. Congratulations, um, that yeah, is a huge a huge
1: accomplishment. You. One day at a time. Keep it going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know, I, I can't say it gets easier, but uh, um, it, it gets less hard the longer you stick with it.
1: And we won't we won't go into all the details. That's what people have to read scar tissue. Go to the Players Tribune. But I do want to get into this now. Something I had never heard of, and this is now your cause. The concurrent surgery. Tell people what that is, because like I said, I had never heard of this.
0: Yeah, so that's the, the whole focal point of this uh, this article. Um, is to bring awareness and uh, hopefully a stop to the practice of concurrent surgery. And that is when a doctor is overseeing two surgeries at the same time.
1: I didn't even know that was possible. At
0: the same time.
1: So in in separate
0: rooms? This is what happened to you, right? right In
1: separate rooms?
0: Yes. Yes. A Uh, room right next to me. Um, You know, we went under the anesthesia roughly five minutes apart and, um, you know he whether he was in my room the entire time or he was out of my room, we will never know you know only the doctor and the people in the in the o r actually know what actually happened and um the but the point is he was distracted, he wasn't there, he was in two rooms at the same time, which physically you cannot do, and no. he during his negligence he messed my up messed my back up completely ruined my career and it just became a complete nightmare.
1: And now, do you know in all the you know when your attorneys and every, and you were doing all this investigation, was the other person uh, did the other person suffer as well?
0: Um, we weren't able to get access to the patient okay. next to me, but we during this whole process we were able to get in contact with a lot of others who uh, had surgery performed by this same doctor who were also in uh, malpractice oh my suits. God. The, Uh, you know, come to find out that they've been this hospital and not only this doctor, but I'm sure other doctors, um, I can't say that for sure, but I just know and can speak of my own personal experience, that he was performing these on a regular basis with uh, the hospital's knowledge. Um, That's unbelievable. There were many cases where a lot of negligence had happened during his surgeries. And I can speak about my case, which I'm going to do in uh in, in more detail in the future because i'm going to put it, my biggest foot forward to make sure that this comes to an end so this doesn't happen to anybody else
1: and uh, you know the we should say that you did settle with the hospital out of court but n- if you look if you look at what
0: you settled for
1: minus all the fees based on what your career would have been it's a pittance
0: it, it, yeah i mean it, in the long run yes it wasn't even close of what could have been right but in the big picture, it's, uh, you know, it was never about the money. It was all about getting sure. the win and, making this, and bringing this subject into the limelight. So people need to, people need to ask uh, because,
1: again, I had never heard of this until I read your story, Scars Tissue, on the Players' Tribune. Concurrent surgery, if you're yeah, going I- in for surgery, make sure you're bringing this up to your doctors going, hey, what's the policy here because I don't want anything to do with this.
0: because they are not legally obligated to tell you that that is even going on.
1: That's unbelievable. So, what's next, Bobby? What are you up to? What are you up to now? What's the future hold for Bobby Jacks?
0: Well, you know, hopefully I've got a few things in the work, but right now my primary focus is this. Um, You know, now that the case is over, I'm finally able to um, try to go somewhere with this. But, uh, you know, on the side, I still do. Um, you know, I still do some coaching and things like that around for the locals. Uh, do a nice. lot of private lessons. Um, you know, I coached my kids' uh, t-ball team this year. Just some small <laughs> things go. like that. But Very nice. hopefully, um, there's there's some bigger things coming in the in the future with um, with a with a company I've been working with uh, out of uh, South Africa. So hopefully, wow. that's uh, we wish you nothing but the best be in the project soon.
1: Wish you nothing but the best. Congratulations again on the sobriety. Keep uh, fighting the good fight on that. And you will always have a special place in the hearts of Sox fans for your contribution to the World Series. And thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I'm sorry you had to go through it, but thank you for having the strength to share that with us to help anybody who's going in for any kind of surgery be aware of, of what can happen because doctors can, you know, they could do... What they want without having to tell us. So, Bobby, I really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much, and uh, continued success in the future, man.
0: No, well, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate the time and just letting me uh, come on and not only share my story but uh, uh, help uh, bring awareness to the to the problem that's happening now.
1: Well, that's that's the only thing we can do now is share that awareness. Bobby, take care. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh, that's Bobby Jenks, number 45. You know him. All right, remember, if you take nothing away from that, and go read, go read Scar Tissue on the Players' Tribune. It is uh, gut-wrenching what he went through. Uh, make sure you're asking your doctors what's going on before they put you under for some sort of operation.